Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Would you be the jerk for not caring for your own nephew? We'll get into that in a bit, but first, am I the jerk for leaving my niece's wedding reception early and taking my gift back? I'm 45-year-old male, and I have a niece who's 22 and just got married last weekend. The family is blowing up with drama right now because of what I and my wife did. I must preface this by saying that my family can be pushovers. They all really hate conflict and will definitely let themselves be run over by someone else in order to not cause a fight. I am not this way. The wedding was on Saturday, Catholic ceremony in a church that was at 3.30pm. The reception area was at a brewery about 15 minutes from the church. The reception was set to start at 5. Maybe this was stupid on the venue people, but they wouldn't open the bar or bring around appetizers until the bride and groom arrived. Service ended around 4.30 and everyone was told to go to the reception. The wedding party had a limo to take them, and a separate limo took the parents, grandparents, and siblings. The couple's young and decided against family in the wedding party. It was four sorority sisters and fraternity brothers on each side. My wife and I drove. We got to the venue around 4.50 with the first family limo arriving around that time. By 5, I'd say all 150 guests were there, but no bride and groom. The wedding coordinator was getting ticked as it's now 5.45 and no wedding party. We're all just standing around with no food or drinks. Someone was able to get a hold of the maid of honor around this point. And apparently the bride and groom told the limo driver to stop at a liquor store and then drive around on the highway for an hour so the wedding party could get trashed? At around 6, the maid of honor said they should be arriving in the next 20 minutes. My wife and I looked at each other and said, we are out. We thought it was horribly disrespectful for them to do that to all their guests. I told my brother, father of the bride, that we were leaving and taking the gift with us. He tried to plead by saying, they're just kids, let them have fun, but I was having none of it. A few days after, I got an apology text from niece, followed by an ask for the gift again. I said that I felt very disrespected and I didn't want to give a gift anymore. She snapped and called me a jerk. I don't know if taking the gift back was really necessary, but I can't really blame OP for just sitting around and feeling like, Yeah, my and all of these other people who are here's time is being utterly wasted. Thanks for making us just sit around doing nothing, having no appetizers, no drinks, while you're out there trying to get a crash buzz before your big wedding reception. If you were a relative in this situation, would you get up and leave as well? Is it fair game to just take the present back with you? I'd like to know what you guys think. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy getting to decide whether or not all of these people are jerks, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, am I the jerk for saying my body is not just a result of having had no children? I, female 26, went to the pool with some female colleagues from work today. We know each other pretty well, but only ever see each other in scrubs at the hospital. Most of my colleagues are a few years older than I am and have some kids. We were all wearing bikinis and having a nice time so far. Then, out of the blue, one colleague complimented me on my body. 
It was a genuine nice compliment and I blushed and said thank you. I am pretty fit. I have a dog I walk daily and I'm a dancer and used to dance 7 days a week. Ever since I've been working I dance less though. While my body doesn't look as nice as it used to back then, I still am lean and I suppose pretty muscular, especially the legs. After the compliment, another colleague with kids said that of course I have a nice body. I don't have kids. Some others chimed in and said how easy it was all before having kids and how easy I have it and my body is nothing special. I didn't say anything because I'm pretty uncomfortable with body talk in general, but at some point it became a bit much, and I said that I don't think my body is just from not having had kids, but that I also work out a lot. I also said not having had kids doesn't equal a good body, and having had kids doesn't equal a bad body. The colleagues then exploded on me and said how I belittle parenthood and downplay pregnancy and I should just wait until I have kids and those legs are gonna disappear quickly. I said nothing to that and the rest of the outing passed rather awkwardly. Am I the jerk for saying what I said? OP is definitely not the jerk and it's horrendously out of line the things they said, let alone the fact that they're belittling OP and saying, oh well that's just not from having kids. The fact that they also said, just wait until you have kids and those legs are going to disappear quickly. It's just their confidence to feel like they can comment on whether or not OP even wants kids and what's going to happen to their body if they do. It's all pretty disgusting and I don't blame OP one bit. Our next story is, am I the jerk for not wanting to split my jackpot win with my husband's friend? I, female 30, played the lottery for the first time last year when everyone was talking about the Powerball jackpot. Since then, I've played casually, only spending a few dollars a week. I occasionally won a few bucks and never really expected to win anything big, but it was nice to dream, as I had a ton of debt and I'd been struggling a lot. Fast forward to a few months ago, won't say the month for privacy, I checked the winning numbers one night against my ticket and it matched with my numbers perfectly. Initially, I didn't believe it and thought there had to be a mistake. So I told my husband, male 35, and we checked it like a dozen times and I was right. We won. It's life-changing, multi-generational, freak you money. We instantly agreed to keep the news to ourselves and wait a few months before we did anything. The past few months have been an incredible high, filled with disbelief and, though it's been difficult, we've managed to not make any large purchases or change our lifestyle. We fantasized about what to do with our money, but the time to claim is drawing near, so we've begun having more practical discussions about how to claim it and what to do with it. While discussing, my husband Adam brought up that he thinks it'll be a good idea to split the money with his best friend slash business partner, Tim. Tim and Adam have been friends since they were in middle school and have done everything together ever since. Together, they've started businesses, worked together, invested money, moved to the same town, and have often dreamed about our families making it big together. Since we've taken risks together and are so close, Adam feels it's fair to give them a third of the cash prize so that 1. We're not going on this journey to a new life alone. 2. It's suspicious to make all this money suddenly and more easily explained if Tim makes money as well, since we do everything together. I, however, feel it's risky to share that we have come into this money with them, because Tim's family tends to be more flashy and like showing off, and I don't fully trust that they'll keep it quiet or modest enough to not raise suspicion. This is important because I've seen community members harass and attack people with far less money just because they feel entitled. 
This could jeopardize our safety, so I want to avoid it if at all possible. Also, I'm not really comfortable with his plan to add Tim and his wife as members of our LLC to claim the prize, because I think it could have them feel entitled to a bigger chunk or take the money. Adam thinks I'm being selfish, and he won't enjoy our newfound wealth if his friend isn't living the same lifestyle, but I think we could find a way to later give them some money after figuring out a way to explain how we came into money without telling them we won the lottery. No idea how to do that yet. Anyway, am I the jerk for not wanting to tell them we won the lottery and split the money? Am I selfish? I think OP is being extremely practical in this situation. It's very risky when you get that wealth of money, whether it's, you know, the lottery or like a big inheritance, and allow other people to know that that's there. I mean, let's be real, some people can seem to be die-hard, ride-or-die people, and they can change instantly when the idea of being able to grab a seven-figure number pops into their head. Shoot, even a lot less than that. I think OP's being really realistic about this. And honestly, personally, the last thing I would do is go and split a good chunk of your winnings to somebody else. I would say try to stay in control of the money for as long as you can. If you want to give him a pay increase or something, that would be better. Our next story is, am I the jerk for forcing my daughter to come to a family reunion instead of going with her boyfriend and his family on a trip? My 35-year-old male family have this tradition of reuniting at my aunt's for a week in July. We're supposed to go next week, but my daughter, 17-year-old female, is not happy about it. Her boyfriend of three years is going on a trip with his family at the same moment and invited her along. His parents are okay with it, but not me. I told my daughter she couldn't because of the family reunion. She tried to argue that it would make no difference whether she's going or not, as she's the youngest and is always bored. I said it didn't matter and that she was either coming with us or staying at home. She told me it wasn't fair of me to force her to do something she didn't want to and left for her room. We had this conversation three days ago and she hasn't talked to me since. I've tried, but she shuts me down every time. My wife doesn't mind her going with her boyfriend and his family, but I think she's a bit biased because she never liked my family. Am I the jerk for forcing her to go to my family reunion instead of going with her boyfriend on a trip? Honestly, I don't really see any great reason to force your daughter to go to this family reunion. Personally, if your 17-year-old says, I don't want to go, I'd rather go do this trip, and your only issue with it is you just want her to be at the reunion instead, it's not like an issue you have with the boyfriend's parents or where they're going or something, then yeah, I think it's a little uncool to be honest. I do know a great way to make sure they never want to go again to a family reunion. It's what OP's currently doing. In fact, when they hit 18 and they have full control over their life, they'll probably want to be a little bit further from somebody so controlling. Our next story is, am I the jerk for refusing to attend my friend's destination wedding? My 23-year-old female friend, Sarah, 25-year-old female, and I have been close since childhood. We've shared many memories and experiences, and I consider her like a sister. Recently, Sarah got engaged to her long-term partner Mark, 28-year-old male, and they began planning a destination wedding at a luxurious resort in a tropical paradise. When Sarah first announced the destination, I was excited for her and congratulated her wholeheartedly. However, as the wedding details unfolded, I realized attending the wedding would be a significant financial burden for me. The cost of travel, accommodation, and other expenses would eat into my savings and disrupt my budget for the foreseeable future. 
I work a stable job and I can afford my everyday expenses comfortably, but splurging on an extravagant destination wedding just isn't feasible for me at this point in my life. Moreover, I have other financial goals, such as saving for a down payment on a house, that I need to prioritize. When Sarah asked if I would be attending, I expressed my genuine happiness for her, but explained my financial constraints and regretfully declined. I assured her that I would be there in spirit and would celebrate with them during their reception back home. Sarah didn't take my refusal well and accused me of not caring enough about our friendship to make an effort. She argued that if I truly valued our friendship, I would find a way to be present on her special day. She pointed out that other friends were making sacrifices to attend, and it hurt her that I wasn't doing the same. I tried to explain my position, emphasizing that it wasn't about not caring, but rather about being responsible with my finances. However, Sarah remained upset and distant, making me feel like a terrible friend. Now I'm conflicted, wondering if I made the right decision. I don't want to lose our friendship, but I also don't want to put myself in a difficult financial situation for a one-day event. Reddit, am I the jerk for refusing to attend my friend's destination wedding? I think it just comes down to if the financials don't make sense, they don't make sense. You can't expect another person to upset their entire financial structure for a long period of time just to attend your destination wedding. It's not a personal thing, it's just a realistic thing. This next story is, am I the jerk for being honest with my girlfriend about her weight gain? She and I are both 25, we've been dating since October. In December, she moved in with a really good friend of hers, 26 year old female. This friend smokes weed almost daily. She's an adult, weed is legal in our state, I don't care. What I started noticing though is more and more often, when I'd invite my girlfriend over or we'd meet up, she'd be clearly high. While not my favorite thing, I decided to just roll with it. It made for some very interesting conversations. What I also noticed is, when she would get high and she'd come over, she'd be starving. So she'd either want food delivered or she'd want to hit the grocery store nearby and stock up. In 7 months, she's gone from thin to fairly chubby. When she's not high, her weight worries her. She feels like it's sad that she used to play tennis, but now can't do that much running. She's been trying to find out why she's gained weight and I've heard everything from everyone puts on weight in the spring to maybe I overdo it on water. I told her it's the result of smoking. She was bewildered and I pointed out that it's obvious why she's where she's at. She smokes, eats a bunch of junk food, doesn't work it off, rinse, repeat. She said I was way off in my assessment and told me to shut up. Am I the jerk? I don't think OP's the jerk. A lot of people in this situation end up being the jerk for phrasing things in a terrible way or for bringing it up out of nowhere, but it's not like OP was the one to bring this topic up. And I think most people would agree the munchies when you're smoking weed is a very real thing. And just to put a whole blanket statement on it, if somebody is healthy in every normal way and is questioning why am I gaining so much weight? It almost always comes down to one thing. Eating way too many calories, whether you are aware of that or not, and not burning off enough calories. You eat a bunch of junk food or food that's really high in calories, unless you're running marathons, you're gonna gain weight. It's just simple math at that point. This next story is, am I the jerk for telling my stepson he shouldn't have been surprised when his sister didn't invite him to her get-together? Hello, I've been married to my wife for 8 years. She has two kids, twins, who I'll call Jane and John, 16, from a previous relationship. 
When the kids first moved in, it was a bit tense. They weren't fond of me and tried to avoid me. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Over time, Jane warmed up to me and two years ago has started referring to me as Dad. John, however, has not warmed up to me and I'm fine with that. I would love to have a closer relationship though. It's a bit of a struggle since if I don't do or give him what he wants, it's because I'm punishing him for not calling me dad. If I try to talk or offer him something, it's because I'm trying to replace his father. I wish he'd see that's not the case, but I know that'll take some time. Jane calling me dad has strained the twins' relationship. John doesn't refer to Jane as his twin sister, either as his half-sister or stepsister. When it comes to birthdays, their mother splits it into days, so both of them have a day for themselves. John does not want Jane around on his day. I know this hurts Jane. They weren't close as siblings, but they still had a relationship. Recently, Jane hosted a small get-together in our backyard. Some of the people invited also know John, but not as close with him as they are with Jane. John found out and, after it ended, argued with Jane about it. John was not invited because he's never accepted any invites her sister has given him, and when asked some questions, he has started to ignore her. Jane told him as much. John argued that some invited were his friends, so he should have been invited, but he never accepted the other times his friends were there. So I told John that he shouldn't have been surprised he wasn't invited with how he's acted in the past. This made him more upset. I think I overstepped the line, but my wife and Jane are on my side. Am I the jerk? 
I just don't know what this kid was expecting, to be honest. I mean, you're going to treat everybody like you don't care, you aren't interested in them, you don't want to be at their things. You can't be offended when they don't invite you. You're not exactly the life of the party and you're not exactly giving them any indication that you want to be there. Honestly, by not inviting you, they're probably thinking they're sparing you from having to muster up the effort to even acknowledge them. This next story is, am I the jerk for completely ruining my future sister-in-law's bachelorette party? My 28-year-old female life and my parents' marriage was ruined because of an MLM. What happened was my mother joined a supplement MLM, got way into it, drained both my and my brother's 33-year-old male college funds, and went into tens of thousands of dollars of debt to maintain her rank. When my father was injured and had to take some time off work, the house of cards she built came tumbling down. We went from a loving home with two parents, a nice house in the suburbs and at least 20000 in a college fund, to our parents divorcing because she refused to leave the MLM, having to live in a crappy basement in our grandparents' house and facing the reality of taking student loans if we want to go to college, as well as having to work as young teens to help provide for our family of three. So suffice to say, I hate MLMs with a passion. Now to the situation. My brother's marrying his fiancée, 29-year-old female, of four years and two weeks. Last Saturday, I was invited to her bachelorette party. She said that she wanted a low-key night at her home with some food, some alcohol, and some fun games. I get there, and including her, there are 14 other women. Three of them are my cousins, who are 19 and 18. After I arrived, I was the last one there because I live three hours away. One of the women stood up and said that the fun can now begin. Then she dragged a chest of adult toys and started pitching us her MLM. From the get-go, she said that my sister-in-law agreed to host and at the end of the night, depending on how much we got, she'll get some money to help with her honeymoon. I was fuming. She knew how much both I and my brother hated MLMs, so I just stood up to leave. Then I told my cousins to grab their bags and follow me. They tried to stop me, sister-in-law and MLM hun, but I just said that we had to leave. But then I couldn't just leave the other women to be preyed on. So I went on a rant about MLMs, how scammy they are, how I bet after plying them with alcohol, they'll be pressured into buying stuff they didn't want, as well as into joining this pyramid scheme. My sister-in-law was teary by then, screaming at me to just leave, and that I ruined her bachelorette party. I grabbed my cousins and left. And while I felt a bit bad about ruining her night, I didn't feel bad about standing to a scammer at all. My brother says that while he completely understands where I come from, and that he had a really big fight with her, I should have just left with my cousins without ruining the night altogether. So am I the jerk? I don't think OP's the jerk here when it very clearly has affected them very dearly. And honestly, I think trying to save anybody from working with or dealing with an MLM that is very blatantly an MLM scam is not a bad thing. This next story is, am I the jerk for selling my late grandmother's house against my brother's wishes despite his childhood dream of living there? Last year, my 33-year-old male and my brother Ben's 31-year-old male grandmother passed away, leaving behind a reasonably large house in a small coastal town. This house is the stuff of picture postcards. A lovely Victorian-era home with a view of the sea. It's been in our family for generations and holds an immense amount of sentimental value for all of us, particularly for my younger brother Ben, 31-year-old male. 
Since we were children, Ben has always been enchanted by that house. He would spend hours exploring every nook and cranny, daydreaming about the life he'd lead there. As we grew older, his dream never wavered. He wanted to live in that house. When our grandmother's will was read, it turned out that she had left the house to me. I was living in the city, happily settled with my own family and career. Ben, on the other hand, was still living paycheck to paycheck, constantly in between jobs, and often borrowing money from our parents or me. Seeing the state of the house after our grandmother's passing, it was clear it needed serious renovation. There were issues with the plumbing, the roof needed repairs, and the old wiring was a safety hazard. All these renovations were necessary to make the house habitable, and they would cost a significant amount of money. Money that Ben didn't have, and I wasn't in a position to provide without jeopardizing my own family's financial stability. Taking all this into account, I decided selling the house was the best option. The housing market was favorable, and we stood to make a considerable profit from the sale. My plan was to split the money equally. I wasn't in dire need of all the money as we lived somewhat comfortable and this way, Ben would have a substantial amount to clear his debts and could rent or even buy a smaller place where he could start afresh. Ben proposed I sold the house to him at a considerably lower price than the market value. I declined this offer as the amount he was offering was significantly less and almost all of his savings leaving very little left in terms of living costs and expenses. I told him that it wasn't a good idea for him nor was it beneficial to me and my family. Whereas selling it for a much higher value on the open market and splitting the money with him meant we both walk away much more financially stable. Ben was heartbroken and accused me of betraying him and selling off his dream. I tried to explain my perspective, that it was for his own good, but he saw it as me being pragmatic at the cost of his feelings. He stopped talking to me and the rest of our family took his side, saying I was selfish. This whole situation has left me riddled with guilt. I never wanted to upset Ben, but I genuinely believed and still believe that selling the house was in our best interest, especially his. I'm really conflicted here because it had been in the family for so long. My question is, is the price he's offering to buy it for lower than 50% of the price you can sell it for on the open market? Because he's a grown man and this is what he wants to do. Whether or not you want to try to protect him and say it's for your own good, to him, this is everything, you know? This is something he's wanted his entire life. In fact, I think a lot of people would say that OP's the jerk solely for doing the whole listen, it's for your own good thing with your grown adult brother. Our next story is, am I the jerk for bringing my service dog to a wedding when I know he's a scary breed? I, 20 year old female, have a service dog for pancreatic attacks. I have hypoglycemia on awareness. I'm not not diabetic. His name is Angel and he's a Doberman. I love him so much and he helps me avoid passing out and alerts when I need to eat sugar. He's playful and has never bitten anyone, though he looks a bit imposing. He's been properly trained and is a real service animal. His tasks keep me safe and prevent me from getting hurt. My cousin Chloe, 26 year old female, is a health nut. No sugar, no fat, no carbs kind of health nut. She knows about my health issues but asked me not to bring my service dog because of his breed that he'd scare her and her future husband's kids as her toddler is afraid of large dogs having embarked at in his face. I made the wedding slideshow and all of the music was on my laptop so I had to be there. I told her I had to either be provided with sugar all night in the form of several soft drinks or candies 
or I would bring Angel with me along with my own sugar, and she told me, fine, but you can live without junk for one night. I received a copy of the menu the morning of the wedding, and surprise, no sugar at all. None in the form of carbs, sweets, drinks, or even in the cake with a large no exceptions written underneath. So I got dressed, filled my computer case with gummy candies, helping me to regulate sugar quickly, and harnessed up Angel for the night. I sat in the back away from the aisle through the ceremony, and nobody noticed Angel. I then went to the venue for the reception and set up my music stand in the slideshow. The venue legally has to allow service animals, and the employee was quite understanding. Angel alerted a few times while I was setting up, and I was able to eat what I needed. When Chloe and her husband and their kids arrived, she freaked seeing Angel. People had noticed him this time, and I had explained he's a service animal. Her youngest, a toddler, also noticed and started to cry as he's scared of big dogs. He was in his vest and was laying down, calm as could be. Before I could begin the music for their first dance, she was at my music stand screaming at me that I was selfish for bringing Angel to her wedding, and I could have gone one night without having to be the center of attention, and I could be healthy for once and not eat so much sugar. She kicked us out before dinner or the slideshow, then sent me a nasty email saying I ruined her wedding and she expects me to pay her back for the missing slideshow and the music even though I did her slideshow as a wedding gift, and it took several days. I feel horrible I made her toddler cry, and I feel like a total butt for bringing Angel, even though I need him on a day-to-day basis. Am I the jerk? ETA for people asking about my diet. I have ADHD and can forget to eat for days. I'm also chronically underweight from an eating disorder I obtained from grades 6 to 11. I also struggle with object permanence. It's easier for me to remember bright candy than plain looking pills. I think maybe in a way OP can be the jerk here still. I mean the bottom line is they said that they didn't want the service animal there because obviously it terrifies the toddler. So in this situation when they didn't account for your disabilities and your needs and in fact did downright the opposite, I think OP just straight up should not have showed up. Spare them the service animal and let them know that you literally cannot attend because you're at risk of dying because they literally refuse to tolerate your disability. Our next story is, am I the jerk for not wanting to care for my nephew because of the way he's raised? I have a toddler and an older girl, my sister has a toddler. However, our lifestyles are not even similar and to watch her son I'd have to uproot mine which I don't want to. I work a job with no official hours, just do the work and send it in, so I'm with my kids mostly. She works full hours and wants me to take in her kid. She offers pay for it, but it changes nothing for me. She has her son on a strict schedule with rules, but at the same time gives him too much rain. I'm the opposite. For example, she's strict on what he can eat, but she'll let him keep playing and chase him around with a spoon of food. I don't have a strict menu for kids, but when we're having a meal, we're all at the table. She wants him playing specific educational games, and I mostly let my kids do whatever and just use learning opportunities. They're not behind at all on knowledge. She doesn't want her kid out too much, worries about weather. I just prepare mine for the weather and we go out a lot. On the other hand, she lets him decide things I don't think should be up to kids. For example, if he wants to go to grandparents today and how long. I never force affection or things like that, but if we're visiting as a family, a two-year-old can't decide not to or how long exactly. She just lets the kids say no and listens to that even though he, my toddler also, changes up yes and no to the same question five times in ten minutes. 
They will literally plan to go visit them, which is a two-hour drive and get up in the morning. If he says no, they don't go. If he says he wants to an hour later, they go then. I tell my kids you can play separately at their house after greetings if you're not up for hanging out, but you're going. If we're out together at the park, she lets him drag her to go home. Then when he changes his mind, they go back. I don't do that. My younger kid sometimes mentions home. I say if we go, it means we're no longer at the park for today and we play inside and they change their mind. Also, she wakes up much earlier than me and her son is on that schedule. Meanwhile, my kids and I wake up later and I'd have to get up to watch hers. I've worked my whole life towards a lifestyle of not getting up early and not cooking all day. She has a specific meal schedule for him, no medical reason. I don't want to do it and she won't change her son's schedule. So I rejected taking him in and she's angry at me. The whole family thinks I'm wrong because they generally think I'm weird and my lifestyle is wrong. They don't think it's a real job unless it's morning to afternoon in office and I should get up early, etc. My husband is supportive of me, but again, we're married because we function well together. So I don't want to take that as a final verdict. Help, Reddit. So I don't think Opie's the jerk here. I don't think Opie really explained why they would have to be taking their kid in, but very clearly they operate on two wholly different wavelengths. And if you're taking care of your nephew for any extended amount of time, and their parents expect you to do their style of parenting, it's definitely not going to work out, so I don't blame OP for saying no. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy Am I the Jerk here story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.